and we are live. <laughs> Sorry, I had guys, to put you live with that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm singing the uh, the Marine Corps anthem for my uh, buddy Louie. It's it's arguably the most versatile song ever. You can sing it to anything ever. All right. So, as soon as D-Matt puts his headphones on, we'll... Yes. Mm. Hey, Louie. All right, I'm here. How can you tell a Marine from everybody else on an oil rig? The Marine will tell you he's a Marine. <laughs> <laughs> he's the one throwing... Good one. He's the one throwing bread at the incoming helicopters. Here, buddy, 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 buddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was good. <laughs> Greetings, salutations. Hey, what's up, everyone? Oh, oh God, I'm Sean, and I'm D Matt. We are the wise men. Mm. Today's episode, we are going to be talking about the Alaska Triangle. But before we get started with that, if you like our show, leave a five star review on whatever podcast app you choose to use. Uh you can follow us on Facebook if you want. I'm not on there anymore. I'd appreciate it. Yeah, we'd still appreciate the love. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Instagram, still on there, because I'm all about that meme life. The uh, Wise Men, D-U-H-W-H-Y-S-M-E-N. If you have a topic you want to talk about, send us a message on the socials or at thewisemen at gmail.com. On Twitch, we are still the wise guys. How long do we have left on that? I'm not gonna. I'm. <laughs> you know we gotta bring it up. I'm gonna bring it up every single I, time. I can't believe that that happened, brother. I can't fucking comment on that. <laughs> I'm not commenting on anything like that anymore. My goal today, Dina, is to have you take a nap today. And that's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, well, accomplished. That is a large glass of whiskey. <laughs> well, that's yeah, yeah. That's how someone's going to go to sleep. Yeah. Cheers, brother. Cheers, Hopefully brother. Hopefully, we get this episode done first. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And so, I sound like a dumbass later. This is why. Yeah, this is why. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the Alaska Triangle. The Alaska Triangle is a spanning between Anchorage, Juneau, and Barrow, Alaska. It covers about. That that triangle covers about a third to half of the state. It, it happens to be known internationally for its high rate of mysterious occurrences. This includes mysterious disappearances, sightings of otherworldly creatures, inexplicable lights that frequent the skies. Mm. I want one of those. Famous stars. Oh, that was perfect. <laughs> Magnetic anomalies and other paranormal activity. The the region within the triangle holds some of the most treacherous terrain known to man. Dangerous mountains, deep and dark lakes, deep crevasses. <laughs> I like that word. <laughs> Miles of glaciers. Never-ending forests. Since 1980, more than 16,000 people and 2,000 planes have disappeared without a trace. In the past 20 years, over 20,000 people have disappeared in the Alaska Triangle. That's nuts. And I, th I think those 16,000 people, I think that was back in like 2017 or something. So, which is why there's more found after that or something. Oh, yeah. Like it was, it, that's when in the, that's the, the article came out. Yeah, yeah, that number came out. Yeah. Uh, so, at the, the numbers are five out of every 1,000 people 
go missing every year from the Alaska Triangle. Never to be seen or heard from again. Never. Stop exploring, people. You guys are not that great of hikers. You're like, <laughs> dude, dude, I guarantee you some of those people are like DMAT going out like, I'm going to brave the wilderness. And they go out with a fucking fanny pack and a, and a jet yeah. stove. And they're like, I'm going to hunt for my own food. But, they've, but they're vegan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what the hell? I thought there was going to be tofu out here. I have, Where does the wild tofu roam? Yeah. I have always wanted to... Like go to Alaska when I was when I was younger, like it was a thing. Like I'm gonna go to Alaska and like do the wilderness thing. Never, never happened. No, I'm never I, gonna do that. Not even close. The How more, many days the, though? The How more, many days? Oh, like I I had even looked into. So there was a time when Alaska would give you land, like a homestead. Yeah, to live there, right? To live I remember there. that. Yeah, that was recent. You had to develop it. Like you could do primitive one, mm-hmm. and you could get like 20 acres. Or if you promise to like like farm or do something like more industrial, they give you a hundred acres. On top of that, you really? would also still get a stipend every year from Alaska. Right. <laughs> like a that major tax in the nineties. Yeah, that was I was bummed. Yeah. <laughs> but so yeah, I thought about that. Like going homestead in Alaska. If they're giving me land, fuck it, I'll give it a shot, right? The more I find out about this Alaska Triangle shit, the weird ways people disappear, the more terrifying Alaska has become. And I wouldn't mind going to visit because I feel like it's gorgeous. Do not leave me alone. Dude, <laughs> Dude like, I don't, I don't consider myself a pussy. I go in the woods all the time here in Florida. Weird shit happens in Florida all the time, too. But the number of ways that people have been reportedly disappeared... disemboweled and fucking and dismembered and Mm -hmm. left and absolutely terrifying yeah and it's it's the hidden tribes out there man what's really what's really weird is that it's not even like this random vortice we'll get into it later is not vortex not vortice this random vortex is not even between like weird weird areas it's like these are major cities Juno, Burrow, those are those are very, very big well, cities. They, they have to be for people to disappear. If no one's around, no one's going to disappear. Right? Yeah. If you take, if you, if you, <laughs> but if, if you, you if you take someone from a camp of twenty people compared to you know a thousand people, I like, know. But it's like, oh shit, dude. Hey, John went missing. Some serious shit. A lot. Of- I know, but fuck. I it at some point somebody has to go. Hey, did anybody else notice that everybody has been missing in this like? general area well when you talked about when when people were being paid basically to move there that's because motherfuckers are moving out that's because people are like all right but honey there's a there's a home in florida the sun's there a lot who doesn't want to be in florida versus alaska well so who who doesn't want to get killed either uh a lot of the (laughs) the things a lot of native american tribes a lot of the legends that exist about the triangle area came from native American tribes who they themselves would have people go missing regularly. And so some of those legends have come up. Some of the things that are talked about are the vile vortices, which are energy vortexes in that area. You have positive and negative, right? They can be, some of those things can be attributed to the the magnetic anomalies that you'll, that you'll find in that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it turns out, Alaska is not the only place with a vortices, a vile vortice. They're also 
it's one of the places known as one of the devil's vortexes, which there's 12 around the world. Some of the most mm-hmm. notable ones that everybody would end up recognizing. Uh, obviously, the most notable is going to be the Bermuda Triangle. Uh, another very prominent one is going to be the Devil's Sea or also the um, the Dragon Triangle, which is over uh, by Japan, uh, in between Japan and China. Um, another one is also in Antarctica. That's for you, D-Matt. Let's go. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's go. That's where all of the fucking uh, mm-hmm. reptilians and all of that. Like, dude, it's dead center of Antarctica, where if you look on Google Earth, you can't actually look into it. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of sketch. Uh, and there's also ones in the uh, Sahara and in North um, North Africa. Uh, North Africa. Another Egypt the, couple. Right? Yeah. The, so the, 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 the pyramids, the pyramids is yes. another <laughs> vortex. Yeah. Yes. Vortex. Stonehenge is the location of another vortex and easter island easter island yeah so all these so and one thing that i historical places that we don't know what the fuck they're for anytime you've ever said what the fuck about a specific place devil's vortex it's almost it's almost guaranteed that there's a vortice there it's i can't think of a random one that happened in kentucky you know like there's not a random thing my theory is that there's nothing valuable in kentucky uh, okay, sir. This is no. Kentucky straight whiskey. No. Don't be a douche. No. I, I, okay. Really? How dare you? If it's Kentucky this is a whiskey. 1984 Honda. How dare you? Listen, if it's Kentucky whiskey, why is it in Florida? Shut up. What? Your yeah. argument sucks. No, don't they? They, can't, they can't. Don't they? They don't ship it out, don't they? they yes, they do. they do. Yeah, yeah. Which is the one that that stays? Is that Tennessee? I think that's Tennessee. No, no. no. Everywhere they, ships they everything. Be made. Made. Ah. Everything only has to be made. This is made in Kentucky. It's Kentucky straight whiskey. It can only be made in Kentucky. Okay. So another crazy thing about in Alaska, a Native American legend, is the Kushtika. Kushtika. <sighs> this is yes. This is the Otter Man. The Otter Man. You can think of them. They they say it's approximately seven or so feet tall. Let between me, between six and seven feet tall. Yeah, let me look at my note real my notes real quick. I have some good notes here, and I has lost them. I I know a couple of small things like so. The Otter Man is able to change shape. He's a shapeshifter, but he only has that we know of a few different shapes. Either a man. A child, which is easier uh, easier to recognize from far away as a child versus up close. Other uh, when they're up close, they have a um, more of an old man face, but from farther away, it looks more like a child. Um, and then the otter, which kind of slinks away. That one's kind of a weird, like slick back kind of. Yeah, you know, that feels that feels almost like prejudice to say slick back. That feels <laughs> bad. That feels like a. Let's well, keep saying it. <laughs> this is weird, right? So the the Kushtika translates to land otter man. It's a mythical shapeshifting creature found in the folk- folklore of the Tlingit peoples of the Pacific Northwest. So the Tlingit people, their their historical home and range, I don't know if you want, want to call it, is pretty much like dead center of the Alaska Triangle. Jeez. Sweet. So they're, they're the tribe... One one of the main tribes that 
like mm-hmm. have experienced most of these these phenomenon and, and have developed their their folklore that goes back thousands of years like right. I, I want i want to say don't quote me on this one because it's probably the wrong tribe mm-hmm. but one of the tribes goes back like they've got historical stories go back like 12,000 years like so Holy the beginning crap. of civilization wow so the the otter man physically they're shapeshifters they're capable capable of assuming human form like you said potentially other like sea otters and river otters those forms as well the the big thing about them is that the tlingit it's T-L-I-N-G-I-T. Tlingit. Oh, I have no idea. Um, so the, they believe that this creature fed on the souls of, of people. And that it wouldn't just outright attack you, but it would lure you. So it would like take the form of, of your grandmother or your, uh, like, say you're a child. And like, oh, you're, you're out playing outside now. You know, you know your mom's inside and mm-hmm. washing and cooking yeah, yeah. or something. All of a sudden, you see your mom over here at the wood line, and she's saying, "Hey, come here!" You know, come here. Yeah, and then yeah, that's that's what I found a lot. Uh, the everything that I've found basically dealing with today has all been anecdotal, but it's very oddly specific anecdotal evidence, like. You'll have like children outside. It'll it'll mimic voices of children playing or children screaming. Usually, children screaming like a like an obvious distress. Like you can hear kids yelling and hollering and be like, "Oh, they're having fun and whatever." But then you hear a kid scream, and you know, without a doubt, that is a kid that is in danger or scared. Mm -hmm. And it would mimic that. Our natural reaction as humans is go. What the hell is that? Let's go. Let me go and help that kid because we just have that innate response to try to help somebody, whether it's a kid or not. We have that innate response. You go to try and then you see something that doesn't look like it should be there, but something that, you know, so that's where that shape shifting kind of comes into play. Mm -hmm. So you see a kid that's like, there have been more more recent stories. There was uh, a guy, I don't know his name. I just remember the story. He, he was running, jogging through, like, on a trail. And as he's going, he sees his buddy. Like, to him, like, it's obviously his friend. Yeah. Like, he knows who it is, but he's, he's, he's a good bit away. And hey, his, John, what are you doing? Yeah, his friend, like, takes off on this other trail. And he's like, oh, shit, I'm not going to catch him. You know, let me let me call him, see if I can, you know, catch up with him. So he pulls out his phone, calls his buddy. Buddy answers the phone. He's not. Short not, breath, not or, windy or anything. Like, hey, what's up? I just saw you. What's you, what trail are you on? His friend's like, what, what do you mean? What trail I'm on? Like I'm chilling on my couch. He's like, no, uh, me. Like I just, I just saw you. This trail. I'm out here in the park. And his buddy's like, Nah, man, that wasn't me. Jeez. <laughs> so, dude, that's where I'm packing my fucking bags, bro. <laughs> dude, what do you even do at that point? Like, do you, you go, do you know? go back the way that you came? Because it knows the way you came, obviously, not, because that's how it found you. Listen, there's one move, and that's to gain distance between you and whatever the hell that was. You're telling you me that get, you're going to you fucking gain, gain need, distance. I mean, you need to make distance. You need to get away from that thing. You don't know what it is. My first it knows where you are. Is to stay on the phone with my buddy 
drop a pin to my location, send my GPS check. You are way smarter than I am. And then, I would just start running and, and screaming at the top of my lungs. Yeah, I'm getting out of there, dude. <laughs> I'm getting out of there. I'm getting the freak out so, of there. Some, so the, the Kushtika, though, even the majority of the legends behind this one are that it's trying to lure you away. They're, Isolate you. Know, there's right. also some stories of it being a benevolent creature where it it would it's like the steward of nature kind of deal mm-hmm. like it shows up when like nature needs help and so it's trying to heal the 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 environment and this and that and maybe that's why it's fucking killing people off the another one was that people who are hurt or injured it will turn them into kushtika as well as they're close to death so are you just, saying like that movie like the movie the happening with mark Wahlberg, where the plants just started killing people in a way something no. like that like some sort of nature that's just some sort of no it's not a gaia theory kind of thing it's more like so there's two kind of more, sex that more you can like, think of uh, um you into lord of the rings yeah oh yeah uh Here, dude. <laughs> what was the guy's name um the the being that just like existed in nature and he like i can't remember this is gonna be a bad analogy let's go ahead and skip this one okay. no it's more like um so it's you're getting just ready. a nature spirit that's okay. kind of deal so you're you. getting you. so one of the things is you're getting ready to die you're out you're injured by a bear let's say you go out you're jogging you Bum. think that you see something you're injured by a bear the bear fucking leaves you alone because you think you're dead bear leaves and then the acoustica Shows up, and it goes, "Holy fuck!" Okay, you have two options, or uh, uh, in its in its mind, it has two options: either it can leave you because you're human, and generally we try to take over shit, or it can be on the benevolent side and go, "I'm gonna turn you into one of my kind, vampire kind of way." Uh, I have no idea how they do it or what the process is. Sex, or sex, definitely sex. That if anything has taught us anything, sex. Uh, and then now you are part of that being, and you are now an Akushka. And you are now tasked with protecting nature, which could be killing people so that they don't come into this general area. Uh, because most of this, like, most of this area is undeveloped. Like, it's not... Oh, it's... It's not like a yeah, fishing, you know, it's not like a fishing port. It's not like a hunting uh, hunting camp. It's not a, it, we don't get any right. of our wood or like anything from this area. Acres of 600, yeah, it's like, it's a little over a half million acre. It's a little over a half million acres. It's like 600,000 acres where we get no resources from. None. So. Yeah. Tundra. Oh. Some of the, so moving on, some of the other creatures. That are out there. Uh, one one would be the Alaska Bushman or Tornit, as as it is known in the Native American or Inuit tribes up there. The Tornit, we would know him as the Bigfoot. One of the things about the Tornit, though, is that it was it's it's known to be the Alaska version is like significantly taller than. Sasquatch than the ones we know here in like the lower oh, forty. Okay, okay. So, so the legend of the Tornit is that when the Inuits and the original tribes came over the land bridge from 
from Asia, <laughs> that the tournament came with them. That it was like they coexisted peacefully. This, this is this is going back to where I was talking about the giants, bro. Yeah. Well, they, so, well, they, you know, so something the, over seven feet tall. It's fucking this, giant. this is the legend. Yeah, it goes. And so they used to exist peacefully. They they hunted in the same areas. They had their own villages and stuff, and they would trade with each other. But the Inuits were able to develop kayaks, where the Tornit wasn't. That's because they, they were heavy as fuck. They, so the, the Tornit. They understood the the value of having a kayak and like how it could help provide for your family and stuff. And so one day, one of the Tornit borrowed a kayak without asking. He damaged it, Dick. And when he gave it back, the Inuit were were upset. And then one night, the Inuit whose kayak that belonged to, he snuck over and stabbed the the Tornit in the nape. And killed it. What the fuck? <laughs> and so, from from that point, when when, when the other tornit found that that murdered uh, his their murdered fellow, they said they got scared and and they left because they're like, well, they're gonna they're gonna do this to the rest of us too. Like, so they all they all dipped out. And stories go here and there throughout time where now the Inuit people. Like they don't coexist friendly anymore. They'll still see each other every once in a while. And then occasionally like Inuit hunters and stuff will be found dismembered and like torn apart and stuff like that. Yeah. It's weird shit. It's weird stuff. I mean, there's been, and there's been like other, um, stories you know not just in alaska of just big giants you know just ripping people to shreds and stuff i think i read something oh throughout the world oh, we're all yeah, dude, i mean giants. i think i read stories in iraq and this uh this group went out to search for another group special forces yeah special forces yeah it's all documented yeah. and all this stuff i think i think so they, they sent it to me yeah yeah it was <laughs> yeah. a there's too many similarities among different cultures for it to not be there's got to be some kind of truth behind it, but it's just odd that we haven't found any kind of evidence of it. Like, well, yeah, I mean, there, there's skeletons so, and uh, remainings that are found and stuff. I don't think that we haven't found evidence. I think that a lot of what we have found is probably being covered up because it doesn't fit the main narrative of what we know as history. Mm. That's what I think. When do you think that'll change? People start giving a shit. Yeah, well, because most most of us don't want to dig in any further to anything. Yeah, you gotta. We just take things at face value. Listen, that's that's the big problem with social media and Facebook, right? Listen, guys, you need to start giving a shit, or I'm gonna hit you with Rocco's paradox. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh. you can't. <laughs> we'll do that later. That's a bad. No, so, I can't spread that one. I can't spread that. It's one. too late. Oh Not fuck! Really I already said it. Edit it out. You know, but oh. you you can't deny that this shit that shit is being covered up. I mean, even that Iraq story was, was so pretty much. If anyone wants to look into the Iraq story, it's like legit document. There was, I want to say, it was a ranger, uh, a ranger platoon or or squad. Some rangers went out, uh, disappeared, lost radio communication with them. I can't remember if like maybe one escaped or something, but I want to say like they were all. Like they just lost communication with them, so mm-hmm. they spent a, sent another special forces unit. I want to say it was Green Berets, possibly Delta. Like they they sent some 
some high level high quality H2O. trigger trigger pullers, right? <laughs> yeah. They came upon the last known location. They found Oh yeah, the when the first unit lost radio communication, it was like I wanna say like during a firefight, like and someone screaming kind of deal. Oh um, fuck. I'm probably getting the story wrong. But the Oh, I'm gonna be looking this up. Hold when on. the next FS SF mm-hmm. unit came through, they found a cave. Right. And before they were able to react, one of the guys got hit in the chest with a fucking yeah. spear. So like that's so, a massive yeah. spear, like yeah, like it impaled this dude and yeah, and knocked him back. <laughs> and oh, but before, but so as they were coming up the mountainside, they did they right, they saw the cave, but then they're looking around and they're looking and they're seeing gear. Oh yeah, and they're seeing yeah. all this shit like all over the place, military, like like distress was like going just, on, like someone all this stuff just got ripped off of people and they were just dropping gear and trying to run. I think there was like, limbs, body I'm, limbs around. I'm, I'm there. putting in my notes, special forces yeti. So <laughs> no, it's red, red hair giant ginger. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, red. <laughs> so, when the SF unit, like, all of a sudden, this giant, they said it was like 13 feet tall or something, Fuck. comes running out of this cave like a ginger giant, like red hair. Red hair. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's got caveman clothes on. Yeah, I want it starts I want like, this to be on radio communications. We got a fucking ginger giant. <laughs> no. no soul. There's no soul in this bitch. But the other guys, the rest of the that. team unloads in this guy. And they like they they take him down. And they kill him. Yeah. Um. They get him back. There. I want to say there's a picture. Yeah. There is. It looks like a you know like like a drawing or something like that, right? Yeah. Like a dead pale. It's like a black and white. You black and white. But like this sketching thing is obviously like it's, at least twice the size. Yeah, of everybody else there with human characteristics and stuff. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man. So yeah, the spear but, came out of the cave. Probably. So, <laughs> These things are, you know, there is some evidence that these things exist. That's really, that's really scary. Yeah. Yeah. So another one, there is a uh, legends of a saber wolf as well in Alaska. The Adlet. Is that what it's called? I think so. Adlet. Yeah. A saber wolf. Yeah. Basically it's a wolf, but it's about the size of a bear. Like it's massive. Like you, you think of the old, um, not timber wolf. What's the oh dire wolf? Dire wolf. Yeah, like that kind of. They're like nine feet tall. Right. So we we know that. Or, that I'm sorry. Existed. At their back, they're six feet tall. Yeah. So they would be at least that's at least feet. bear size, right? Yeah, big <laughs> as fuck. So way bigger than we, I wanted. We through history, that those creatures actually existed. Yeah. So and there's a legend of, of of one of these existing as well. Yeah, so I I think. To add on top of that, um, there's also been um, people saying that there's a uh, a, a hybrid breed or whatever. Oh, the bear wolf one. Yeah, the bear mm-hmm. wolf one. It's yeah, like a bear, it's like a face of a wolf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like half whatever bear, and then upper upper body yeah, starts to really scary too because yeah. that one like dismembers people. Oh yeah, randomly dude. like it'll be seen in the distance and it'll like. Just dismember you and then leave your parts. Jeez. Can you just imagine a tribe of that? Not just one, but multiple. I mean, but that's not uncommon. That's you know, not uncommon at all. There, there are times of like people think of wolves as like, oh, they only hunt for food and out of necessity. Mm-hmm. No, they teach their children how to hunt and then just leave shit. It's not an uncharacteristic trait 
for a, a just a regular wolf, just a timber wolf, to go out and fucking kill something and leave it there because it was only teaching its kid how to hunt, not how to kill for food, just how to stalk their prey and kill. That's it. So would it be that much of a stretch for yeah, I do anything? It. I've done it with Connor. It's yeah. not. It's not. Yeah. But it's not. I'm it's not a. I don't, I don't do that. Anyway. I, was, <laughs> I was trying to make like a hunting people joke, but it didn't work. <laughs> Just cut the head off and leave the rest of it. You know, you give them back to nature. Yeah. The vultures will find it. For the record, I'm opposed to killing things and leaving it unless the humans. Everybody knows. Don't do that shit. Yeah. It's, Ill, it's immoral. Right. But that's a that's a common thing among a lot of predatory animals is especially among badgers. Badgers are little dickheads. They don't give a fuck. They they <laughs> give no fuck. They have statistically been proven to have no shit to give. <laughs> it's amazing. So <laughs> on that note, <laughs> the uh, another one of the legends that I thought was super cool was the Thunderbird legend. So this is a Native American legend, not just in Alaska, but but elsewhere, where the 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 existence of a thunderbird, a giant bird, that is so the biggest bird we have in the world. It's the uh, Chilean condor, right? That's the biggest one. Mm-mm. It's a uh, right now that's living is the wandering albatross. Oh, oh right, right, right. But right now that's living is the wandering albatross, but like, I think it was like a hundred years ago, it was supposed to be the, uh, the, I think it was a Chilean con- uh, condor. It had a wingspan of like 12 and a half or 13 feet or something like that. It was in something. fucking, in Dude, but that's fucking huge, man. That's the size of a, oh, that's the like albatro- like a car's length. The albatross, <laughs> the biggest <laughs> albatross recorded right now. Uh, has a wingspan of 11 and a half feet. 11 and a half feet. It's huge, man. And yeah, that's right. right now. You can go and Which you find the, them. The bird itself probably sits like four and a half feet tall. Something like that. <laughs> it's crazy. That's absolutely What are insane. they saying about this so legend? The, the, so this legend of the Thunderbird. So it's said that like the, the reason they call it the Thunderbird is because it shows itself before like big storms. Mm-hmm. And which would which would make sense if you wanted to look like zoologically, like for a bird that size, it could probably flap its wings and, and push you to, and push fly. It. Oh, like yeah. it wouldn't be really an issue, but for it to be able to like ride the the thermals and like the, the the different gales and stuff for extended periods of time, like at the front of a giant storm, right? That's, That's not uncommon. Even even today, it's not uncommon for for, for an albatross to fall asleep while going intercontinental. Like an albatross will fall asleep while it's in while flight? it's while it's in flight and just because it, its wings lock. It takes that current, you know, so, that 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 strength. Well, kind of like um, kind of like how pit bulls they say that their uh, jaws will lock into place. Mm-hmm. So physiologically that's true but also with these albatross their wings will like click lock into so place so you're in that right angle and that's where, where they're at coast. and they will <laughs> just ride but like you know how uh birds will navigate they all navigate through electromagnetics that's supposedly how they how they navigate everywhere they're going off of polarity so they just go all right well 
Just kind of settle in for a bit. Set their autopilot. Yeah, just chill. And then they wake up and go, where am I at? It's like what I do on an airplane. So Go. Same same thing. So it wouldn't be uncommon. And it's way easier for a bigger uh, bird to be able to ride a gale Mm -hmm. for a longer period of time. It's not really that uncommon. And I'm I'm... I'm gonna let you go. Uh, I'm gonna let you finish. But <laughs> no, no, that's fine. That that adds to it. There was there there been multiple sightings, even in recent years. Uh, one of the more notable ones, I can't. I want to say it was in the eighties, nineties. So there's a a race essentially. It's a three mile race. It's like up this mountain and back down. Um, it's a well known, well worn trail. This lady disappeared one day. Uh, she w- she was going up the trail. The, the witness to this story says he saw her um, and he's like, hey, there's there's a storm coming. You know, you, you don't want to stay up here too long. She's like, OK, that, that's fine. I'll, you know, I'm just doing this uh, this distance and I'll be back down. He says she went up over the ridge and then all of a sudden, uh, m- maybe five minutes later, he saw a a giant shadow. Like come over, like the storm's coming. There's a giant shadow. He looks up and he said it was the biggest bird he's ever seen in his life, like by by far. He said he's yeah. easily like he was worried that like if it saw him, it might carry him away. Like the the most massive bird. She's I think he said like twenty foot wingspan, like something. Yeah, like massive. Well, how high? Well, how far above was it? Above him. Uh, I don't remember somewhere to where you can distinct the yeah. size of it. Yeah, probably and feet. Or I something. mean, less than less than two hundred feet. Yeah, because if you're if you're looking at something and going, that's the biggest flying thing that I've ever seen. It's like there where you can see characteristics on it. You're like, whoa, fuck. Well, it, it was <laughs> enough that he was able to notice a giant shadow. Right. Mm-hmm. So every every account that so this is one of the v- little bit that I started going into after you told me about the Thunderbird. I was like, that's kind of cool. That was definitely one of my favorite cars when I was growing up was a the old Thunder Chicken. But <laughs> uh, and so I was looking into it, and the closest thing that I was able to find was a thing called the Giant Paratorn. Um, it was also called the uh, let me get the scientific name of this the argentavis magnificens um and it was essentially a really freaking big uh vulture so it was and if you guys don't already know the uh vulture almost was the american uh the american symbol versus the yep i thought it was a turkey fuck out of here turkey vulture Oh, I, th- I just thought it was straight turkey. Nope. It was a turkey vulture. It was almost turkey vulture, but it was a vulture that was, uh, and that was also that also goes into uh, Egyptian thing where uh, vulture was a big thing. So vultures are a very prominent figure uh, throughout history. So I can kind of see where uh, these uh, great territory the Argentavis. It was supposed to be a enormous vulture, and this thing was supposedly it had a wingspan of about twenty feet, right about twenty feet, and it was jet black. And every occurrence that I've been able to see was of a bird that is jet black or very, very, very dark, like very dark brown, earthen color. Um, 
I've heard a couple of witnesses. Uh, I've heard a couple of uh, stories about them being like a dark terracotta color, mm-hmm. and it all ends up. There's not a whole lot of birds that are black in nature. When you think about yeah. it, like especially birds that are very, very large, like right, they don't have some other sort of coloring with them. Yeah, it's usually like even even the biggest bird that we know of, even the condor. Condors were not black; they were like relatively brown. bright brown yeah. colored. Uh, a, a albatross is white, um, but the Argentavis was black, black with a like a flesh colored head so like a like a vulture like a vulture so i don't i don't understand why it wouldn't be feasible that this would be a a bird that i i wonder if ancient cultures uh worshipped or not worshipped or at least uh had thought about vultures in this kind of sense i wonder if i mean Possibly, I mean that if if that was the Thunderbird, because there there's multiple Native American legends about Thunderbirds, like all up and down North America. Other countries also have similar legends of of huge birds, mm-hmm. so it's it's quite possible. There was a story, um, a video of up in that area, because uh, I said there recently there have been other sightings of this Thunderbird. And one guy did catch a video of a huge bird that he found, and it wasn't quite twenty uh, foot wingspan. Uh, it was it was a smaller one, but the zoologist that identified the video, I think I think it was still um, like a big something like an eight or nine foot wingspan, mm-hmm. but it was of of a, a vulture. And it was in Alaska, which that is not a native bird to Alaska. No. So perhaps a juvenile. A juvenile of the, yeah, which would be interesting. Definitely the most, arguably the most versatile bird in existence right now because you can find vultures anywhere. There's things alive that are going to die. Exactly. Dude, I was <laughs> driving over the railroad tracks the other day, and there was like 20 vultures picking at this fucking dog. On the I was in Guyana, the and they had oh. turkey vultures down there. I was like, I know that bird. We got those in Florida. Yeah, there's only a few, <laughs> there's only a few birds that, that go across the world, and vultures are one of the very, very few. Like eagles... You don't find eagles in Alaska. Eagles are not a, Dude, they are don't, not a thing in Alaska. They're not a thing in Antarctica. I'm sorry. Bald eagles are a thing in Alaska. But like the rest of the types of eagles. Yeah. Like yeah. a like a black like a black eagle like you would mm-hmm. see in northern Iraq and such mm-hmm. are not are not a thing. But you can see a black eagle in America. You can see a black eagle in uh Africa. Yeah. Yeah. So back to the the legend thing. One thing that I found I, I found was um forget the name, but it was supposedly a fifteen foot um snake like uh creature with a fin at the end of it. Some people think it's mermaid or whatever, but the the the, the, the tail is about seven feet in length. It's got like uh scalish type skin and stuff. I think it's called um Tizerok? Tizerok? 
T I Z to Zerok. Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah. And people, people have, uh, you know, thought they've seen, or, or they have seen things, you know, when they're fishing and they're looking out and things like that. That's the one that they was the Alaskan mermaid, right? Yeah. Yeah. Weird shit, man. Imagine if you're out on just a boat, just chilling, fishing around, catch something, you catch something, but then something takes your catch, you know, it pulls you out of the boat. There's been stories like that. It's kind of funny. <laughs> Interesting shit. No, that would be absolutely terrifying. Absolutely. Like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you go, you d- you take a 40-mile hike or whatever, you know, you take your whatever, you're going out in the middle of the nowhere, you know, and you're ice yeah. fishing, and then all of a sudden, fucking, something's looking back up at you. <laughs> what the hell? I'd be freaked out. Yeah, and then, like, it reaches up and drags you down. <laughs> drags you down. Yeah. Like, I can't kayak yeah. that fast. I wonder <laughs> I wonder what, what the, uh, I mean, there's got to be, like, zero communication out there, right? Like, you have no chance, unless you have a satellite phone, you have no chance to get any type of help. Even sat phones. Have you ever used a sat phone? Like, it takes a bit to get any kind of... You have to calibrate, or or you got to get connected with something, right? You got to, like, load up and get connected with a a satellite before you can use it, or something like that. Pair up, pair up with it. Exactly. I've used it before. if If it's overcast, it can be spotty, it's... Right. They're it's great. Something that's going to mess up their frequency. They're super all good, but they're, they're like the Honda Civic of phones. They're good, but they're not good at everything. Is that the X-Files music? He's watching porn. Oh. <laughs> um, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to figure out the name of the damn mermaid because I saw this is not... Uh, this is not what I was trying to... 42 minutes. No, There's no way I can watch that bullshit. Tizarook. That's what it is. I got it right here. Tizarook. Yeah, Tizarook. Well, I mean, that's not the mermaid, but that's the creature. He the creature, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I want to say is what was probably, yeah, yeah. You can probably bring the pretty, two together. Pretty humanoid, but it has a longer tail. Mm-hmm. It's actually got legs, not like mm-hmm. a mermaid. Where it's more like reptilians. Got like yeah. it's in that wet climate, bro. Reptilians are everywhere. They are, everywhere. man. They're everywhere. One of the most versatile, other than bugs. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to make some kind of episode on the uh, reptilians. Oh, we will. Oh, God. Okay. And uh, so moving on, here's the last one that I kind of want to talk about. T-Met is he's about to be in his element. Uh, this ties it all back <laughs> to the vile vortices that we talked to at the, at the beginning, where with the vile vortices, it could be, you know, wormholes. It's electromagnetic event, right, that is causing interference, planes to disappear, in one place, reappear in another, disappear altogether, similar to the the Bermuda Triangle, right? S- similar types of events. Um, also, in Alaska, there's always weird lights happening. There's rumored to be a massive underground alien base up in Alaska. Uh, so, there was, at one point, a Japanese airliner, a very experienced and... Mm-hmm. Um, right, an old pilot. Basically, he'd been a pilot for a long time. The words escaping me. I feel like a retard right now. Veteran. Yeah, veteran pilot. That'll work. Let's you are that. literally a veteran. <laughs> Shut your what the fuck? <laughs> uh, so this Japanese airline <laughs> takes their flight path takes them right through the middle of the Alaska Triangle during their trip. Yes. So, <laughs> um, this. 
just to rewind just a little bit, so this took place November 17th, uh, 1986, and this was a Japanese uh, 747 uh, carrying over 200 passengers. Um, and they were uh, in route from Paris to Narita uh, International Airport, which is near Tokyo. Um, as they were um, crossing, you know, the Alaskan Triangle, they witnessed uh, multiple UFOs that actually um, rode beside them. Um, they, the, the pilot you talked about, you know, he's super credible. Um, he said that they were matching, um, altitude and pace. So they were mat they were at the exact same pace. Um, and with the, with the airline technology, you can see, um, access with, uh, radar. And when you're looking, yeah, when so, so you have radar in your airline oh, for, for people that are going to look this up. It was November 17th, 1986, uh, Jap uh, Japan Airlines Flight 1628. Right, 1628. So, you go, yeah, so if anyone's listening, you can go ahead and look up all everything we're pretty much talking about. It, this is very, very well documented. Yeah. Um, like I said, over 200 people um, saw this. Um, and as they were passing over the Anchorage section of the flight at 1711 over Eastern Alaska, the crew first witnessed two unidentified objects to their left. These abruptly rose from below and closed their escort there. Uh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> it's a little far from me. 1711. They saw it over the Eastern, Eastern Alaska. Um, they saw two objects on their left. Um, and the pilot uh, states that they're at the same pace. Uh, these then abruptly rose from below and closed in to escort their aircraft. Basically, so if, if anyone has seen, um, you know, like Air Force One when they're flying, there's two jets uh, that are paired up most of the time with their with the aircraft, um, kind of like security way, you know. Um, so that, you know, we don't get, sh president doesn't get sh shot down or any, any hostile Air event Force, takes place. Air Force one to it. Yeah. That that's what it was described as. Uh, so if you can picture that, um, <clears throat> each had two rectangular arrays of what appeared to be glowing nozzles or thrusters, um, through their bodies, uh, remained obscured by darkness. Uh, when closest the aircraft's cabin was lit up and the captain could feel their heat on their faces. So now there's radiant heat. It's crazy. Um, <clears throat> these two craft departed before a third, uh, much larger disc shaped object started trailing behind them. So now a third object came into the play. Um, and, and again, this is all documented with uh, radar data. Um, Anchorage Air Traffic Control requested an oncoming uh, United Airlines flight to confirm the unidentified traffic. Uh, but when it and a military craft sighted JAL 1628 at about 1751, no other craft could be distinguished. Uh, the sighting lasted 50 minutes and ended in the vicinity of Denali. And that's pretty much all I got about it. But, um, yeah, so even the air ATC tower was uh, in communication with them and, uh, you know, recognized, hey, you got some, some yeah. unidentified aircrafts that they were, they are within pinging. your vicinity. How they were pinging with, you know, on the radar data. 
Um, and it was confirmed with radio traffic back to the ATC that yes, we have visual contact with uh, these objects. We have one behind us, two on our left. And when you have a craft behind you, like that's kill position, you know, when you're flying an aircraft, you're like, you have that sense. Okay. I got someone behind me. This isn't good. You know, things no, like that. You don't want anybody on your six. The, the most I was able to find on that is that they were able to find. So the, what the crew, what the cockpit crew reported was that there was multiple bright lights with a definable rectangular uh, structure with a light behind it. That was all I was able to find. Yeah, that was. Some that people was, thought, you know, that was eyewitness. Spoke it as thrusters or or some sort of amber tip or whatever, something. Yeah. Know. So there was there was some kind of rectangular structure mm-hmm. with a light that was emitting from that. Um, and otherwise there was just a very bright light. So whether, you know, that was a UFO or whether that was, a- I mean, you gotta also look at it. Like Alaska has a bunch of military bases. I mean, they got military bases all over the place. You know, we're not a hundred percent exact what they could be flying out there. Also, it could be, a, um, it could be a testing site you know, like 51 or 52. You know, do I believe that the military has undetectable, undetectable, you know, military crafts? Yes. Definitely. I mean, definitely. We have one. It's, it's, it's actually out publicly and it's the stealth bomber. You know, that one's undetectable at a certain uh, rate of radar. You know, it's something I think has something to do with the the metals or something or how it's actually constructed. I think it's, Um, I think it's the geometry of it. Yeah, that I mean, we even had the SR seventy one. Was radar versus reflecting. Yeah, yeah. we even had the SR seventy one even before that in the Cold War. You know, that was flying up in the stratosphere. Fucking Cold War. We need. It's crazy. I mean, they the guys had to wear oxygen suits. You know, up at that height, or else you die. It's crazy. You run up to sixty thousand, eighty thousand feet. But um, to feed off that, since it's an airline story, we'll talk about the uh, hail bogs vanishing. So hmm. I don't know if you guys covered yeah, this. Uh, yeah. Congressman, senator, something like that. The super important person, yes. Yes, the super important person. <laughs> yeah. It's being without but, a but not only that, he also had, I think he had like seven or six other people with him that were also congressmen, um, people also with power. Um, they were flying through the triangle. Um, the, uh, like I, uh, you know, ATC lost communication with them. Um, and they actually this was one of the biggest, I think this was the biggest search, um, that was portrayed in that area. And I think it was one of the first, I believe, um, it was consisted of, uh, 40 military craft, 50 civilian planes and 39 days of searching over an area of 32,000 square miles. Um, and I think it was one of the longest conducted in Alaska, longest searches. I mean, yeah, it's a it's a congressman. I get it. Like you're gonna keep searching for this guy. There's but been a nothing lot of- was found. Nothing was found. No wreckage. Absolutely nothing. There's n- nothing that they could have detected to have caused this, or 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 where the remains are, or anything like that. Uh, I thought that was a pretty interesting story. You know. Yeah, I mean, it is one of of many. But, and I think this ties in somewhere with like the vortex. I mean, we all talked, we talked about all this shit already. We, we, we can, we can develop our own theories and stuff. So, I, I think it has something to do with 
the vortex, the electromagnetic fields. And I think that has something to do with like what is in the earth around that area. Cause you have a bunch of metals in the earth that can, that, that influence and that, you know, affect, uh, mag- mag- magnetic fields. And usually ferrous like metals that. like iron, iron, iron copper, nickel, all this stuff. Now, since we have this, uh, you know, special element, it's an element, right? So we have these elements and, uh, you know, we have this UFO sighting and there's not just this airplane sighting, you know, back, you know, with the Japan airline, there's not just that sighting. There's more, there's a lot of them, thousands of them. Uh, there's, there's, you know, hometown civilians with stories. I mean, there's an average of like 400 yearly. That's, it's something like 15 times the normal missing persons rate of anywhere in America. And it's like, Absolutely. And the thing is, it's like nothing 15 or 20 times more than anywhere in the world is in Alaska. It's kind of weird. Yeah. And there's nothing done about it. You know what I'm saying? If, if, if the amount of people that went missing and people just go, yep, that's Alaska. if If the amount of people went missing in Orlando annually or whatever, like there would be a, a, a detective group, whatever working on, okay, what's going on? We have a serial killer, right? You have this, it's yeah, whatever. But but you know, they're gonna they're gonna think whatever, all right, someone's doing something, right? But then you have this area where you have shit that could be going on and you don't want, you know, anyone to get into, you know, what's happening out there. Yeah, but it's easy to write off because they've disappeared in an area where there's basically nothing. It's like going, Oh, someone died in the Sahara. Yeah, no fucking duh. Of yeah. course they did. Someone died in the tundra. Of course they did. They yeah. died from uh, dehydration because you don't get as thirsty mm-hmm. when you're cold. Like uh, you get hallucinations when you're cold. When you're de- when you're dehydrated, you are very susceptible to a lot of external forces. Like you can get dehydrated and start hallucinating. You can get dehydrated and start thinking that you see things that you don't. Mm-hmm. So anybody that's pulled out of that situation, it's very similar to people that are on like psilocybin that were taking magic mushrooms. Yeah, but then you got to go ahead and look and go, all right, like, is that shit? Uh, is it know, real or is it fake? Is that's it, where you have to determine it. You know, does that stuff come from Alaska? Or is there peyote in Alaska? Is there all this shit <laughs> well, that can that can happen to influence you while you're out there? With these magnetic alum- anomalies, there have been researchers out there that'll that'll have they'll be in an area, nothing's happening. They'll have their EMF readers, their whatever electronic devices, um, compasses, all Geiger these things, counters, all all these things, and then. Some of them will start freaking out, right? Or camera equipment or whatever equipment starts going bad. But some of the effects that these vortices have when they appear or as they appear, uh, it's a large concentration of magnetic anomalies, right? So they can dis- disrupt compasses to the point that they're as much as 30 degrees off. 30 degrees, yeah. Yeah. They Some search and rescue workers have reported having audio hallucinations mm-hmm. that most commonly described sounding like an angry swarm of bees. So like a loud buzzing sound, like, um, ever been near like a, a high voltage transformer mm-hmm. kind of deal. That yeah, you get, yeah. And that's just electricity moving. Right. right. Like, so they, they start hearing that, um, they start feeling unusually disoriented, lightheaded, uh, and, and some 
like like you said, some of the mountains in the areas have specific mineral properties right. to them that could be part of this. But as we discussed initially, where these vile vortices are in in the world, they also have minerals in those areas, like the pyramids themselves. Yeah, we we discussed with Tesla. He believed that they they were essentially Tesla coils, right? They were designed to transmit energy. Um, these they mountains, were. if they have similar material or or properties that can transmit energy, if a energy yeah. a vile energy vortex appears, it's now being amplified by the Earth itself in that particular area, whether it's inefficient or efficient. Like, so he believed that the pyramids were a very inefficient form of a Tesla coil. They were able to uh, amplify the energy that was existent already. But he goes, okay, well, that's, yeah, it's a way that you can do it, but it's not the best way that you can do it. I think I can do it better. And that's why he chose Colorado right. for his uh, for his thing. He thought that he could do it better than the way that the Egyptians were doing right. that way. Because they were trying to amplify the pyramids are over ley lines yeah. on the earth. Yes. Wherever you find one of these vortices, there's also ley lines. Right. Within like 50, it's like 50 square kilometers or something like that. It's very, it's like really, really, really specific between the Peruvians, between the Egyptians, between the Mayans, very, very specific. So here's one of my, my hypotheses. Amen. Trying to tie all of the everything together. Um. I'm thinking some of the creatures and events that we have that get experienced up there, mm-hmm. possibly ancient natural occurrences, right? Like maybe the Thunderbird, ancient creature that existed in the past. And it just is existing there, but Alaska is so huge that nobody yeah. even really notices, right? Yeah. Um, the saber wolf, possibly mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. well. So I think it's pretty interesting that there's a lot of these kind of occurrences where people have had multiple occurrences of a specific problem going, okay, we've had a bunch of people taken away by during this kind of period of time, and this bird has been noticed during this time period. I think it's also worth noting that we've had multiple occurrences like well over like three or four dozen occurrences of things that we thought were extinct. Yeah. Like uh Suchinoko. No, for sure. We're, we we're, we're finding, were, we're finding all these species, you know, or, or we're, or we're bringing back folk folklore and, and now we're finding species. Okay. Maybe this is what people were talking about or fucking, you know, other stuff, legends and things like that. And then, oh, wow. Well, look, we have evidence that it existed here. Like we're, we're slowly starting to do it. I mean, the world's so big. I don't even know if we've actually covered everything in, in the entire world, like square feet. I don't think we've done that. I mean, there's shit all over the place. And not, and not, not even, that's just land. Let's compare sea. I mean, sea is, sea covers most of our earth and we've, that's probably the least thing that we've, uh, or we've lacked in discovery. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's been, uh, there's been multiple dozen, (laughs) multiple dozen. Think about that. 60, 60, 70. If Atlantis is true. 
that have been rediscovered that we thought were completely gone. The freaking yeah. uh, uh, but just think not, like, like not saber tooth, not saber tooth cat. Uh, there was a saber tooth. It was in uh, Australia that we thought was extinct. And we're like, holy crap, it actually is still existing. Right. Just because we think it's extinct doesn't mean that it's gone. It just means that it's... Oh, the fish? No, no, no. I was talking about the... Uh, the is that the ancient alien fish or whatever it is that I... The camp? No, I was talking about the, like, saber-toothed dog or saber-toothed... Uh, that we thought was extinct. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. we found, like, two or three of them. We're like... Yeah, we thought was completely extinct, and we're like, holy crap, they actually exist. So just because we think that something doesn't exist, and then we re-find it, if we find three, there's probably more. There's probably more. If we find... So, and we're back. Hey, everyone. So What's up? One viewer, let's go. So <laughs> if we find... Hey, if leave a find, comment, follow. So if we find one thing, that means we probably have found at least a hundred things because it's easy it's easy to conceal a hundred things like a hundred animals like animals in general how many times have you been in i don't know georgia north carolina or uh vermont and you don't find anything you're like wow this is really weird i haven't found any animals at all not even sign of animals mm -hmm. i went to i went to georgia highest point in georgia and i was like what the hell i haven't found even rub marks. I haven't found droppings. I haven't found. I haven't found. We just think anything. Like, often hunters go out to kill deer. Like there's literally thousands of deer out. There. And how often? Like a guy go out for a week, see two of them, and not. Yeah. But they're not even in range to to be killed, right? Yeah. And you know what you found? You found the two dumbest deer. <laughs> you found the two dumbest deer. You found absolutely the stupidest deer that exist. Because they wandered into a free meal. That's it. That's all they wandered into. They go, holy shit, somebody's actually feeding us. They must be nice. <laughs> and then you blast them in the freaking lungs. Right. It, you remember what you were saying? Yeah. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I was, we were getting into how. You're tying everything together. The, you were coming up with your own vortex. All the vortices oh, oh, and everything. <laughs> all the vortices. They amplify it. Or the area that they're near amplifies energy, right? And mm -hmm. these vortices appear in those those areas. We can't see the vortices, but we can feel it if we're in the area and something happens, right? So all these these areas, strange anomalies happen. Um, so for the Bermuda Triangle, Alaska Triangle, those, it's documented that there will be instrument anomalies, like things just start freaking out for no reason. Planes will disappear. Uh, sometimes reappear later. There'll be lost time events um, type of things. I'm thinking that, and 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 like in Alaska and the Bermuda Triangle, there's always uh, high quote unquote alien activity in those areas, right? Strange lights, uh, strange ships, and stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that these vortices, possible portals, either wormholes specifically from one part of our galaxy or solar system to another or interdimensional portals where some of these creatures separate dimension similar atmosphere and stuff like some of these creatures that are 
spirit creatures or, or, or whatever that are appearing here, they show up here. They, they made it through the portal for whatever reason, and they got stuck here. It could be a complete act. Some of these alien ships, the, the Japanese one, I was thinking, um, the, the, those creatures, like those two planes showed up through their vortices and then they're like, wait a minute. Could be. Could be. Fly. And then, then the next one, but I'm thinking that was more of a planned passage through the portal. Where like that was a scheduled event because in Alaska in the Mount Hayes area, oh uh, Mount Hayes, Mount Hayes, there's supposedly a giant underground alien facility in Mount in the Mount Hayes area. Mm-hmm. So Japanese flights coming through, they didn't realize the aliens also had their flight path planned for the same time and space area. Aliens come through the portal. They jump into our airspace. Oh, shit. There's a plane, guys. <laughs> yeah. We're going to keep an eye on him. Yeah, let's just hang out with him for and a second. <laughs> the third mothership drops in behind them, right? Like, poof, yeah, boom. Then they're here. Like, I will I will fuck them up. Just give me the give me the, give me me the, the go. <laughs> I, I, will. I, I like your... I like third your mothership. Airspace. And then uh, they hit their cloaking technology, land at Mount Hayes, or like... Boom. Bam. They disappear at that point. So my... My general consensus behind that is that the vast majority of people that go up in uh, airplanes around that area are not doing so in large things that are able to mitigate uh, wind shear. Most of the time they're going up in Cessnas or something something slightly larger than a Cessna. Wind shear is a major, major factor. Like, you can't get very close to a peaked summit, uh, a a mountain, uh, without the real danger of a wind shear. And wind shear, for people that are pilots, they know that if you get a wind shear of... It'd be like a gust. So, like, people in Florida, you know that you may have a generalized 60 70 mile an hour wind you're like oh that's kind of that's pretty bad i don't want to go outside but then you get a gust of 180 190 mile an hour gust you were unprepared for yeah you have no idea that kind of stuff happens all the time just because of the geometry of the mountain that shit comes off the mountain tears a cessna apart right Completely tears the Cessna apart. So I would say that that would deal with the majority of the loss of the airplanes. One of the uh, one of the things that kind of was odd to me was that we had a plane in uh, on January 26, 1950. There was 44 people, uh, 42, 42, 40 ish of which were um military personnel and then two of which were the uh were just civilians and they ended up going missing i i don't understand how the last transmission of which was all's fine we're on course the only thing that i can think of is that there are iron mill uh iron mines uh, very close to that. And the only thing that I can think of after that is that there's a thing called the uh, Alaskan Coffin Corridor or Coffin, and it was just south of that. And that is 
a iron mine. A ferrous metal like iron will disrupt uh, your 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 normal compass. So if it's going to interrupt your normal compass readings, they could have thought that they were on course with actually being off course. So if they're going towards the coffin corridor, they're 30, 40, 50 miles off course. They're like, yeah, dude, we're totally fine. Our compass is reading totally fine. We're going right towards where exactly we want to be. I think that would explain how they ended up getting off course with no kind of anarchy. They, no, oh, yep, nope, we're totally fine. They were just done before they realized that they were... They had no idea that they were in trouble. I have, uh, I have my theory. Okay, let's hit it. Yeah, oh, so... God. <clears throat> I think it's I think it's a combination of things. I think it's everything we talked about. So we have we have uh the vortex theory, we have these folklore um fables. Um we have aliens, we have military, right? So I think that it's I for me and my understanding and putting everything together the vortexes are there because of electromagnetic magnetic fields. That's and it's proven it's proven by science. Like these are locations around our Earth that have these um, anomalies. Anomalies, fields. yes. Are they related to resources that are in this Earth? Yes. Okay. Um. When we were digging into the Tesla files, you know, he he was getting ready to, or he was starting a plan to create electromagnetic vehicles. And um, this was also digging him further into his gravitational, um, you know, vehicles. <clears throat> do I think there's a similarity? Yeah, I do. Um, so I tying these all together, I think, I think like back in the Egyptian days, you know, I, I think like, I think all that shit was like alien, you know, I think it was just way ahead of their time at that, at that moment in time. And, you know, people needed drastic help if they were going to build the magnificent, you know, 4,000 year still standing structures. Okay. <clears throat> um, I think it's, I think it's aliens working with the military in Alaska because, of the resources, something to do with like, all right, you know, these aliens, these aliens have the technology to, uh, you know, possibly move by gravity or, or electromagnetically and they need the resources for it. Thus they're going to go and find them in that part of the earth. Right. Oh shit. These earthlings have military. All right, let's make a treaty. Hey, we'll take some of your people. Don't blow us up. Yeah. We'll help you with the technology at, you know, advances. Yet, we'll also take some of your resources, you know, at the same time. And, like, looking back, like, this is in the Egyptian age, and this is also stuff going, you know, that covers global aspects. This is the Anunnaki, and the Anunnaki was here, and they were they were using the Earth as taking resources, you know? Like, they were taking all these resources for their own use. Use, yeah. And, you know, I think that there's weird shit going on there you know you know people can have hallucinations like we talked about just from the vortexes mm -hmm. you know 
And, you know, maybe that's where the folklore thing comes in. You know, maybe that's where people were out just in those areas where they were hit with so much maybe negative spiral, positive spiral. I don't know. Because in the folklore, there are some things that are okay and good. And then there's things that are really bad and and kick your ass and kill you, (laughs) you know? And that's where they talk about the positive swirls and the negative swirls uh, in these vortex uh, areas. And, um, you know, it could, it could, you know, have that effect on humanity, you know? Um, And that, you know, all this shit's kind of just covered up because they don't want us to, you know, dig in deep and, and to, to figure out what's going on, you know, really out there, you know, you know, with these so-called alien bases in these mountains, you know, and shit like that. I mean, that's, that's, that's a whole nother, yeah, that's a whole nother thing, but that makes, that, that, that's how I tie all this in together. You know, I'm just make, looking at it from a broad, big, big aspect and kind of going, what makes sense to me? Any one thing in a way. Is it, yeah. But right. all of it together. Yeah. Paints a different picture. So we, what's our, or whatever, what do we want our question to be for bananas? Our bananas question. We can do like two or three, like we did last time. Yeah. We can do. So there's still the, still the one to five, right? Yeah. So I'm thinking like one of the questions is, uh, the native American legends, the cryptids, like all the weird shit, the ice gnomes, the man, right. The, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Kushika, we yeah, said that one, the, right. the saber wolf, like the Thunderbird, all this shit that for thousands of years has been like going legit, not legit. I'm thinking because it's still so pervasive in, in like people are still having sightings, people, you know, are attributing certain things to it. Like there's neighborhoods. And like areas in Alaska where like kids don't go out and play after once it starts getting dark, like, right, right. yeah, you know, they might get snatched up. Yeah. Thunderbird going to get you away. Thunderbird, the ice yeah. gnomes. Can you imagine a 20 foot fucking thing coming down, swooping you up, uh, claws getting in your shoulders. All right. I'm out of here. Yeah. Just kill me, please. Fast. Selfie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So first question, Native American legends, cryptids. Uh, like all those things that the Native Americans have, have been warned, warning about and scared about for thousands of years. Yep. One to five bananas. Five bananas being uh, it's fucking bonkers. One banana is something you could swallow. <laughs> Not whole. Take a bite out of it if yeah. you want. Um, I'm saying two and a half, three bananas. Like I'm, I'm leaning yeah. towards it being legit. But that we don't not like, enough. We don't you know, we don't really understand yeah. what it is, but it's actually something yeah. out there. I mean just the initial focus as as mat like they say magic is science that just hasn't been explained yet. Right? Like everything has a scientific explanation. We just don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying two ish bananas for, for that question. I'm three on the folklore. I'm I'm three bananas. I'm, I'm a, a I'm a solid it's not enough for me. This is listen. I don't say this I like lightly. it a lot. I don't say this lightly, but there is I'm going to say two bananas because legend doesn't happen out of nowhere. You don't just come up with a story. Exactly. That's where I was like two-ish bananas. You yeah. Don't, you don't when you're come- on peyote, fuck yeah it does. You start <laughs> writing that shit down. 
I'm just bro- saying, you're saying it listen, comes out brother, of nowhere, but I'm no, disagreeing with it, you. It doesn't come out of nowhere because even if you're on psilocybin, just on mushrooms, you are not coming up with a random story because you thought of it. You're coming up with, with that. an experience. You're coming That's up different. with that because you had an experience and you're drawing those connections. Yeah, you're just repeating so, my words, baby. Keep going. These people didn't... <laughs> These people didn't come up with these random ass gnome stories. Like there's the problem is with me is that there's too many stories. Um, so you're a gnome. Like yeah. gnomes, gnomes have been proven to be exist throughout there's the world. There's a fucking gnome. Fuck you, Louis. <laughs> there's there's too many stories. The Denisovians. There's too many stories <laughs> that it doesn't have a bit of truth to it. Like. Obviously, there's probably more stuff like they have razor sharp teeth and they can lift a hundred times more than they actually weigh. That's probably more than is realistic. The cramping, small, small elf like creatures. But there's probably a little bit of realism too. There's been proven pygmies that were. According to physiological estimates, they could lift double their weight limit just on a half-assed, we compare it to what we have right now. If If that's what your estimate is, is these people can lift more than, can lift about double their weight limit, I'm gonna go ahead and take a stretch and say there might be people that can run faster than humans there can be people that lift more than humans we already have evidence of that throughout nature like well throughout nature why would it be weird that we have something that is a little bit smaller a little bit stronger and a little bit faster than humans out of necessity right they had to be like they were not drawn out of out of compliance they were drawn out of necessity they could not possibly live unless they could lift heavier than them they couldn't live unless they were stronger they couldn't live unless they were smaller they couldn't live unless they were a little bit more adaptable to the nature yeah it had to Mm. have been natural selection but i think because they were not necessary to current life we don't see them as often. We couldn't possibly see them as They often. weren't able to proliferate like we were. Definitely. Because we were altered by aliens to exist well, at a higher level. Maybe. Maybe. Yes. Don't argue with me. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. The next one. Um, all right. Let's just do, do, do aliens. All right. Do, do you think aliens are a big part of the Alaska Triangle? Go ahead. I am going to say... All right, so this is, it's not a two-parter, but it is. Like, I don't know that that Mount Hayes alien facility exists, but I think, like you had brought up, because of the energies and the vortices that are there, they're drawn to that specific area. And that's, and and the seclusion of that area as well would allow them to be able to do. Operate, on you know, do things under surveillance, not under surveillance. Exactly. Surveillance or whatever. Exactly. You know what so I think, yes. Uh, half a banana. Yes, 
half a banana, half baby. Half a banana. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Like it does it, yeah. Half a banana, and I'm full. Fuck you and your fables. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm 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 one banana. I'm gonna go one banana, bro. I'm like half a banana on reality as we speak. No, I'm. I'm no, look, you gotta look. So at the, reality the is subjective. So you gotta. That's look a half a banana look, to me. Look, we all get information, right? And then there's 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 frail information, and then there's dense information, bro. <laughs> and, and this this shit is dense, man. It's got way more weight. Than than what the other fucking this is like it is. I'm not factory. saying I'm not saying the fables are not real, but I'm definitely saying there's some weird shit going on in Alaska. You know what I'm saying? Let's all take a cruise to Alaska. Let's go. I'm 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 not in. I'm not in. I don't want to die. But yeah, I'm in. Just don't I, leave me alone. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I would I would take a I mean, trip Louis, to Alaska. Louis, Louis on the same track with me, I think, in a little bit, and and I'm not gonna piggyback on the same shit he said. But I would take a trip to Alaska that whole scene. on the same year that I took a trip to like the northern aspect of Australia. There's no fucking way. I'd do that too. There's no way. So, how many bananas are you before I slap you in the face with this mic? All right. So I'm like three. I'm like three bananas. I'm like three bananas. Okay. Yeah. We don't need to know why. We, you're just a skeptic. And so, <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. Listen. Listen. I'm only three bananas on bananas. Part of it. <laughs> I'm only three bananas on part of it. So I'm three bananas on the alien part of it, but I'm like half a banana on the folklore side of it so i think that there's a lot of things that we just haven't been able to get verifiable evidence on because like that hunter that goes out and tries to deer hunt in the middle of alaska in august you're not finding shit bro i'm sorry if you're any good you are <laughs> mm, you're not you're not good right. you're ne you're never going to be you're good, never that good. Yeah. you're never going to be as good as generations of staying alive that's their whole being is just staying alive okay you're not that good but if i go on the alien side of it i would say i'm three bananas because so i would three, say that they're bananas. way more they're bananas way more like man there's just you're hanging on to like you know, not hanging on, but yeah. no, three bananas isn't bad. So nah, I'd say that it's just it's, me, it's middle. Me, it's totally no more than middle. I would say that if there is an alien aspect to it, it's because they are way like incomprehensible smarter than we are right. to the point that trying to even facilitate them into any everyday life, you it's it's. It's not even fair. It's not even fair to the normal everyday human because trying to put them into an everyday life, you don't know what they could even not know. So I think that I'm going to give a extraterrestrial side of it three bananas because we they know more than we don't know. They've forgotten more than we've ever learned. Okay. Three bananas for that. All right. So Amen. just a number, no explanation. Alaskan triangle. Alaskan triangle, two. Yeah. I'm 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 actually gonna have to give it a two, maybe a three quarters. It's real. Oh uh, yeah. A it's two, real. There's something one, going on 1. there. 
Yeah, yeah. there's <laughs> there's there's something there's something going on there that I I'm more than just a 1.75. I'm a 0. 0.75. Oh, nice. I think there's more going on there that than we're able to measure, and I don't think that we're able. I don't think that we're willing. I think we're more than able, but I think that we're not as willing to dedicate the money towards it. I think there's stuff that is happening. That's for another day. We just, we're going, okay, well, I I don't think that this is worthwhile for the average everyday person. Right. Okay. On that note, cue the music. Boom. Space news. All right. Uh, This actually is not something that's like uh, a recent or acute or current. It's something that took place um, back in 2017 on October 19th. Um, it has taken the name of Amuamua. Have you guys heard of this show? I have not. Have you heard of Amuamua? That was the, the Hawaiian telescope. Um, the Hawaiian telescope that captured our first. I'm not saying that it is the first thing that ever went interstellar, but it's the first That's thing that we captured uh, that came in interstellar in our solar system and then got the bug out of here um the actual shape of how it came in um if you could think of a boomerang effect around the sun so it came into our solar system ran right by the sun and then boom just exited right by and 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 when we um explored it we explored it on its way out so it actually passed by the earth um within the same I think it was three times away from where our moon is. So whatever. I think that's like, I think it's like 15. Is that, is that, is that 15, 115,000 miles? I don't know how close the moon is, but whatever. Yeah. Either way. That's that's pretty close. Yeah. And and we, we picked it up on its trajectory out of our solar system. Um, So I thought that was pretty cool, man. Um, It was uh, supposedly about the size of a football field, maybe around like uh, they were saying, uh, 163 to 300 feet in length or whatever that it was giving off uh, different um, Bro, colors of light. It was giving off uh, red light, which that's that's uh, shares a lot of similarities with things that are outside of our solar system. Most of the things only, that are in our solar system only Mars. Determ- only determinant of what is in our universe because just because it's in our universe doesn't mean that it's completely celestial yeah so 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 they're only 238,900 miles away from earth to moon oh wow so it's not very far Six thousand miles it was probably it it came right by zipping right by less than a light year yeah so so it it got the name Oumuamua because it was um first observed um at the Halakala observatory in Hawaii I'm I'm terrible pronouncing you fucking gringo Haleakala. <laughs> no. So, anyways, it was observed there, and, and um, they got with uh, natives um, from the island, and they got with other um, researchers there, um, and they gave it the the name Amomo, and this translates to messenger. Uh, so that's pretty cool, man. I think it dropped off yeah. like as it was going through the smoke. It dropped know. off. But I, what was very cool is I, I listened to a two hour and a two and a half hour podcast of the Harvard professor 
that um, did all of his, uh, you know, trials, examinations, whatever. He did all of his shit to, to prove that it was something possible alien. That um, this object was using the the light from the sun to project it. Um, it, it if if no one's familiar with um, our solar system or about space or anything, like it's it's in conjunction to gravity, and we're all within a gravitational pull of the sun. And the fact that this thing came in and exited on its own will uh, kind of baffles me because um, if something was just you know in ambient space, it would it was it would then uh, um, you know start a rotation around our sun. It would be pulled into the gravitational pull. Um, you know, there's asteroids and meteors that so, go around so that are in a gravitational ring. You know what I'm saying? And they they do their orbit. So the the, the theory or hypothesis is that. It was like using a solar system. It was advanced, deal, yes, it, to use the 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 it, it photons of the sun. Yeah, it was pushing itself. Out. Yes, it was using the reflection of light. What if it was like uh, <laughs> like our Voyagers? Right? Oh, maybe. Ooh. And, and, and yeah. that, that we just sent it out, and they kind of just yeah, and like it came through, <laughs> collected data, was I'm sure back, and then I'm sure other na- other nations were like. What the fuck is that? Yeah, but the thing that was very interesting to, to hearing about this, um, the scientist uh, from Harvard, he, you know, he he's very specific about how science is just pushing this away. Like they're not talking about this. They're not wanting to figure this out. Like not, I mentioned earlier, you there's know, so much more that is out there yeah. that doesn't fit into the currently constructive. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that he was saying that the mainstream was stating that it was a comet, but he's now discussing how a comet leaves a trail. Right. You know, which is different differentiates it from an asteroid. Both right. rock. One has water content on the outside of right. it. So a that meter. when it when it gets to a certain length from the sun, the sun heats up the water, leaves, you know, vapor behind the comet streak or anything. But the fact that this thing was in a tumbling rotation because it was reflect the light was reflecting in a very steady pace which then they could see that, okay, this thing is on a rotation, that it was one by 10 in a way, you know, that it was, uh, you know, let's just say 150 feet long, but 15 feet wide. Maybe the rotation. Yeah, in a rectangular so fashion. Here's the rotation part. I'm going to throw this in there. I have no idea. I'm let's make this shit up. The rotation was what was allowing the beings on board the asteroid ship to have gravity so they could walk around. Ah, I like it. <laughs> yes. Just made that up. It's kind of cool, man, but I, I was something I, I was just reading about and stuff at like five in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When, what else are you going to do at five <laughs> in the morning? <laughs> All right. Now we're going to move on to old uh, Shaunamal's Whiskey of the Week. Yeah. So, All right. Cue the well, music. So what are, we drinking? what are we drinking right now? All right. So, unfortunately, we are drinking two different whiskeys. However, by the end of the show, we are going to be drinking a conglomeration of the two. Because I have a, I have a, a hypothesis. So, okay. Four Roses, Kentucky Small Batch. Uh, we're drinking Four Roses, Small Batch, Kentucky Bourbon Whiskey. And it is uh, 45% alcohol by volume and this is a very this is your proto American bourbon uh, you can't anybody that thinks of bourbon is 
almost immediately within their top five thinking of four roses blanton's four roses and such uh what you're drinking right now dina is four roses this is straight from kentucky it it can obviously only be from kentucky it has to be under 61 percent barreled they have to barrel it at 61 percent alcohol and they have to take it out at uh, 56% alcohol by volume. Um, and then they can do basically whatever. It has to be above uh, 51% corn by volume before they put it into the barrel. And then when they take it out, they can do basically whatever the hell they want with it. Uh, in my personal preference, I think Four Roses and Blanton's are the epitome of bourbon um that's that's what you that's the gold standard you go off of that mm-hmm. you get obvious oak and uh kind of a maple and a little bit of a vanilla and kind of that sm- a little bit of a smoky kind of charred kind of taste to it it almost tastes like uh, if you were if you walked outside your house and went, oh, someone has a fire going while you were drinking a basic whiskey. Yeah, no, you go. It, it has it carries uh, those attributes for sure, man. Like yeah. it's like got that smoky deep, a uh, little bit, a little bit of a complex flavor. nature to it, but on that burnt side of it. Yeah. Uh, so the second one is a little bit of a unique Irish side of it. Definitely not a... More tip. on the honey side, for De- sure. More of like the sweeter... Yeah, definitely of, not the, a... The thing that I could only like... I don't know the, the right terms, but it's like more of like a wine. More of like a... There's... What's awesome is there's no, there's like no right way... Yeah, there's no right way of tasting any kind sweet, of whiskey. Sweet, smoky flavor, you know what I'm saying? So, for me, the next one that we have is called Rider's Tears, and that's from Irish. That's a uh, Irish whiskey strictly from Ireland. Um, but what's interesting about it is that it's a blend of single malt and pot still whiskeys. Um, single malt being one type of grain uh single being one type of distiller and malt being it can only be one type of uh malt so whether it's a uh malted barley or a uh unmalted barley it has to be one type of grain so it's one from one place one type of grain and then it's mixed with a pot still kind of like a jamaican um, so it kind of has a little bit of a funk to it, a little bit of a, it kind of hits you in the very back of your palate, mm-hmm. kind of almost by like, uh, like that jaw soreness you like get, behind, you know like yeah, like take, behind you your ears. Little, yeah. It's weird. A little bit behind your ears. But what's cool about it is that it, uh, so the reason why I chose Rider's Tears and Four Roses is because Rider's Tears uses a American, um, bourbon cask they have to use a once used american bourbon cask that's the only time that they can use it so it's very possible 
that Rider Spheres used a Four Roses cask to age their whiskey. Right? It's very, very common. Four Roses is one of the most common casks in America. So, I think that Rider's Tears used a stereotypical son of a bitch. Sorry. A stereotypical Four Roses American cask. It was all of it? It was all of it. Uh, Well, we'll give you more. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just going to sit here. And I think that what ended up happening was they got their... Irish whiskey is all butterscotch and honey and like those uh, those biscuits that you find you know those biscuits the biscoff have you ever seen those biscoff biscuits Mm-mm, no oh yes you have yes you have you... go ahead go ahead uh, tell me about it so I think that what they ended up doing was they used that typical four roses barrel to kind of get a little bit more complexity to the whole uh, to the whole whiskey making process, and it ended up producing a very a, a relatively easy to drink, uh, not very complex Irish whiskey. It's very unique, like it's it's very close to like a Granny Smith apple kind of whiskey uh it has a little bit of that vanilla flavoring but they were staying very very true to that buttery and uh granny smith apple kind of taste but then when they added in that four roses kind of bourbon cask and aged it in that typical irish uh summer and winter it added just a very, very slight bit of oakiness, but very, very slight. Like, you'd really have to look after it. Uh, I personally love Rider's Tears. It tastes very buttery and Granny Smith apple. Uh, copper pot, yeah, they use copper pot. I, I have a hard time determining whether they use a pot still versus... Uh, whether they do a weird kind of mash or if they do, you know, any other kind of flavor to it. I think that Writer's Tears is not a typical Irish build. I would go more towards uh, Red Breast, specifically Red Breast 12, if I could. Uh, that'll probably be either next time or I'll end up going towards the uh, towards a Scottish kind of style, but Rogers Tears uses a uh, bourbon cask after it's already been used, so it's a matured is what they usually use as a matured bourbon cask. If you get a chance, if you're if you're kind of trying to stay away from a Jameson or Buchanan, or a uh, Bushnell, or a, you know, Talamore Dew kind of state, I would go towards Rider's Tears. A absolute killer mixture. And if you want to drink it straight, just one 
ice cube, maybe two ice cubes and a glass of Rider's Tears, and it is absolutely amazing. Mm. It almost it tastes like vanilla and honey and like some kind of orchard, like a like a some kind of apple or a, or a orange or something along those lines some kind of orchard fruit when you when you're walking through an orchard and you're like oh man that smells amazing you think that you're smelling the leaves but we're actually smelling is polyphenols that's coming off of the fruit mm-hmm. that's what you taste in the writer yeah. here that's what i spill all over me people fuck sorry i was going on you absolutely down you absolute <laughs> dickhead yeah but uh fuck man whiskey of the week in the book so there's so there's two whiskeys of the week it's four roses small batch and writer's tears yeah so go out get it try it uh you know see if uh please have the same thoughts as uh sean please tell me what you think what are you what do you get from writer's tears specifically it's an irish whiskey and it's really unfortunate because Irish whiskey does not usually have a lot of complexity. So if you're tasting anything from an Irish whiskey, most of the time it's like a biscuit or a honey mm-hmm. because of the unmalted barley. Yeah, I think they're both really good. I, I like the uh, smokier one a lot more. Yeah, and for sure. Well, in Irish whiskeys, you don't have to have um, any specific type of wood. Yeah. So for scotch you have to have a american uh an american white oak yeah true that man well shit man thank you everyone for listening um we appreciate the love i hope uh this episode was fulfilling to you uh it was it was cool shit um louis we love you um this is me dmat uh we're gonna shut it down here um if you guys want to go ahead and uh, follow us on our socials, we're on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we are also on Facebook and Twitch.